So we are uh, not only embarking into a new year, we are embarking into a new series um, to kind of steer us into the year. Um, and this new series is called Committed. Committed, Committed. And it has a definition there. It says it's an adjective that's um, loyal and willing to give your time and energy to something that you believe in. Loyal and willing to give your time and energy to something that you believe in. Uh, we, um, there, was, there was a, you know, there, there was a couple different de definitions, uh, but some of those definitions use the word feeling, and I don't know that feeling has anything to do with commitment, mm -hmm. because, uh, well, well, we'll get into that as we get into the series. And so, so as, as, we, as we move into the series, uh, committed, committed, uh, we, we want to, I guess by the end, we want to have it lead us to a place where we uh, evaluate our own commitment, uh, specifically to the church, where we evaluate our own commitment uh, to a place where we may reaffirm our commitment, a place where we may realize we need to make a commitment, or a place where we can rest in our commitment and say, you know what, I'm not crazy for being committed <laughs> the way I am. So, so, so one, of, one, of, one of three things, something should happen <laughs> uh, as, as, we, as we move through this series. Um, and we're going to launch out in the book of Acts, the book of Acts. <clears throat> you know, the, the expectation is in the new year is, is to be looking forward, but sometimes when it comes to the church, in, in order to move forward, it means first looking back. Right, so we're going to look back into the book of Acts, Acts chapter two, Acts chapter two, and we, we I want to I want to focus in on uh, verses forty to forty-seven, but I'm, I want to start just reading that verse thirty-eight for for some context. So Acts chapter two, and let me begin reading that verse. 38 says here, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, 
and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing uh, the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Father, we thank you, Lord, uh, for this uh, picture of your, of your church in its inception, Lord. We um, pray, Lord, that we would uh, draw right conclusions, that we would be encouraged, challenged, um, led to glorify you, Lord, in all things uh, according to your word. Um, we pray, Lord, that you would be Felt among us now in a powerful way. Have your way, Lord, in the sanctuary and the people. Um, ask for a fresh anointing to preach and anointing, Lord, to receive your word. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. See, I know I'm talking to the right group of people about commitment because anybody sitting in the chilly, <laughs> amen, amen. Um, Peter, you know, within the first minute of a baby's birth, they're given an examination called the APGAR. I thought my nurses and they were going to call it out, but the APGAR test. It stands for uh, uh, appearance, pulse, grimace, activity, and respiration. So, so the, the appearance, the, the skin's appearance, if it's flush, if it's, uh, they, they, they look at the skin's appearance, uh, the skin color, uh, the, the pulse, the heart rate, uh, the grimace, how the uh, child uh, responds to a, a little pinch, maybe, to, so they can see the, see the, re the reflexes. They want to see how the, yeah, they want to see how the reflexes take place. They used, they, uh, to check the, the, uh, the respiration, they used to pat them on the bottom. They don't do that anymore, I heard. They don't pat them on the, well, I heard they don't do that, but it's been a long time for me, so... Um, in activity, they check their, their muscle tone as the baby drawing its arms and its legs in. Uh, um, being scored from zero to two, each of these vital marks are expected to be observed in the life of every newborn. The, the, the immediate health of the child is determined by how high or low they are in these critical areas of life, each one of these markers. Um, I found that when we're looking at the book of Acts, chapter 2, the second chapter here, we, we, we're really witnessing the birth of the church. Um, if we took time to examine this church, uh, there would be some markers that are natural signs of healthy spiritual life for the newborn community of believers. 
The Apgar of the church is witnessed uh, best in its fellowship. Uh, uh, let's observe the fellowship of a committed church. Fellowship of a committed church. Uh, the point is that committed fellowship is a sign of healthy spiritual life. Luke, as a, as a background, Luke is the uh, writer here of the book of Acts, and it's, and it's in continuation uh, of the gospel of Luke. In Luke, he wrote what Jesus began doing <laughs> and teaching uh, until he ascended. The book of Acts details all that he continued to do by the Holy Spirit working through his church and the apostles. Uh, so it's a, it's, it's a continuing story uh, of, of what Jesus is doing. The book of Acts opens with the Lord Jesus having been crucified but now risen, closing his teaching to his disciples there in chapter 1. He lets them know that a power is coming uh, that will enable them to do all that he's called them to do. And they needed to wait for it. They had to wait for it. Uh, as, as you continue through chapter 1, you find the 11 apostles becoming 12. Uh, and then uh, 120 disciples gathering together uh, uh, staying together, praying together, and waiting on God. Then, while everyone is there gathered and praying and waiting, chapter 2, verse 1 hits. God does something. God releases power, the promise that Jesus spoke to his disciples, sending the Holy Spirit. So we find ourselves now at a point in the text when God is creating for himself a community called the church. Uh, it's, it's, it's the birthday. Uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, God's preacher now stands up, Peter. <laughs> he stands up and he testifies about Jesus, how he fulfilled prophecy how he was crucified and how he is now risen and ascended. The gospel is preached. And verse 38 says, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are afar off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself, and with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls. It was during the Feast of Pentecost. And so Jerusalem was swollen with visitors from all over. Jews living in many different areas gathered for this holy festival in Jerusalem. Uh, uh, it, that festival is celebrated uh, God uh, bringing his people into the promised land and then even providing a harvest for them, that first harvest. Amen. 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 
<laughs> Amen. <laughs> the audience for Peter's sermon was made up of, of visitors uh, who had come for that, uh, for, that, for that festival, that feast of Pentecost. And uh, those that were living there together, it was, a, it was a mixed crowd. Oh, look at this. <laughs> what do you know? People from way over there and way over here all ended up there in Jerusalem. And even though it seems because of the colors that Rome was running a lot of things, and how many people know God was in control of this? Uh, so they were gathered there. They, they, they came from all those places. So I, I, we, we want to look at this because we want to recognize that when it came to the birth of the church, it wasn't just an isolated groups of, group of folks in, in one place. There were, there were people from all over. Down here we have, you know, we have Africa, we have Asia, we have Europe. We, we, we have people from all over there at the beginning. Thank you, sir. <laughs> So Peter's, Peter's preaching. He's continuing. Peter was literally making them the offer of a lifetime. I mean, they thought they were coming for the festival. They've been there a hundred times. Not a hundred times. They've been there time and time again. They thought it would, you know, it was a routine to them. Almost like, you know, us showing up to church. Oh. All right. Well, well, well it, they didn't know that Peter... Uh, what was going to happen. They didn't know that God was going to un unleash something uh, uh, that day. Uh, Peter makes them this offer of a lifetime. They would have their sins forgiven, be separated from the rest of the twisted and perverted culture that was going to be standing in God's judgment, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, be given a new identity and a new life. All, all this would take place by receiving the word Peter, Peter preached about Jesus, placing faith in Jesus as Lord. Uh, this faith would mean turning from sin, and it would, uh, 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 would be made public to everyone through being baptized in the name of Jesus. Peter continuously pleaded, exhorted, uh, almost begged them, everybody and anybody, turn to Jesus and be forgiven. 3,000 people are convicted of their sinful rejection of Jesus and then demonstrated their new faith and identity by being baptized. Immediately, they began showing obedience to Christ as Lord who had commanded that the baptism take place. Uh, these people became part of the new creation in Jesus Christ that day. Uh, they, they were joined with the 120 disciples as the church. And now the text goes on to tell us about the life of this new community. Uh, can you imagine the spectacle of, of, of all of these people uh, being baptized in that one day? Maybe it spanned multiple, I, I don't know. But there were multiple pools in the area, and people were baptized. It says, 
what happened? How did they demonstrate it, this, this new life? It says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And this new community was born. When this new community was born, they, they took on a new value system, and they took on new priorities. Uh, Luke holds up four areas of life that became primary for them, uh, the things they constantly, faithfully committed themselves to. They devoted themselves first to the apostles' teaching. Uh, they were committed to hearing the word of God from the apostles. Uh, it, would have, <clears throat> it would have included all that Jesus had taught and commanded the apostles and the disciples as, as they walked with him for over three years before and, and then after his resurrection. The doctrine or the teaching would have uncovered the deeper meanings of the Old Testament for this new uh, uh, body of believers. Uh, Jesus uh, once told a group of the Jews who rejected him uh, there in John 5 and 39, he said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Uh, that's quite a statement. He said, the whole thing is about me. This new church would have learned how Jesus fulfilled fills all of Scripture. Uh, they, they are naturally drawn uh, to learning the Word of God, and they make it their, their primary thing. Uh, Peter directed the church in, in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. He directed the church. He said, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Uh, the word of God was to be the nourishment that caused the believers to grow. Uh, and, and Peter is almost saying that it should be an instinct. Uh, 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 the way babies crave milk. Um, Peter said, let that be the way. Uh, second is the fellowship. They devoted themselves to it. The the meaning of fellowship for them, uh, it stretches far beyond what the church today and the culture have taken it to mean. Fellowship means more than just hanging out, talking, and eating. Uh, for, for them, it meant to be in partnership and, and mutual sharing of responsibility and resources. That's fellowship. It's, it's the word koinonia. In the Greek, I, uh, it, it spills over into every aspect of their new lives. Uh, John would later use the word to describe the new connectedness that's now available to believers, both with God and each other, that was made possible by Jesus. Uh, fellowship, koinonia. First John 1 and 3, he says, That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, he's talking about Jesus, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. 
John said, I want you to be a part of this thing. I, I, I don't want you sitting on the edges. I don't want you on the bench. I want you a part of this. This, this fellowship is too sweet to not be a part of it. So I'm proclaiming to you what it's all about, Jesus. The, the apostle Paul would write uh, in Philippians 3 and 10 that he wanted to share a part in or have that koinonia fellowship with the sufferings of Christ and his death. To, he wanted to identify with him and, and, and have a sure part in Jesus' resurrection. That, now, that doesn't sound like the fellowship we know. I, I, that sounds different, doesn't it? But, but it, that, that's, all a, that's all a part of, it's all a part of the texture of fellowship. It, it's, it's, a, it's a going all in. It's a being sold out together with someone. It's not, it's not a solo mission. It's a, it's a connected partnership. The, uh, um, let, let's move on. Uh, 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 <laughs> this fellowship is not a, a take it or leave it. it, it it's, a, it's, a, it's a commitment. <laughs> the next thing they were devoted, they were devoted to the breaking of bread. The breaking of bread. This new community was constantly observing uh, what the Lord had done uh, there with his disciples at the Passover meal on the night that he was betrayed. How he memorialized and, and gave new meaning to the bread and to the wine. Uh, sitting at meals, this new family, they would now share communion with each other, just like the Lord commanded. They, they, they continued to intentionally consider and remember the sacrifice of Jesus, but they did it together. They did it together. And also, this fourth thing, they, without fail, they would participate in the prayers. The word, the, the word prayer is plural. So uh, it, it represented all of the corporate praying of the new church, uh, uh, their corporate praying in, in the private and in public uh, Jesus had taught the disciples how to pray, and now the apostles would be teaching and participating with this body of believers and calling on the Father, asking that his kingdom come and that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, they would have they they entered into a new way of prayer, new realm of prayer, <laughs> but they would have done it in familiar places. They would all together call on him now, uh, the Father, in the name of Jesus. So even though all four areas of, of the church's life are mentioned here, all of these were uh, a natural part of the committed fellowship of the new church. Uh, their life together, their fellowship is centered around these, and, and each individual would continuously take part in some way within the community of believers. And, and, and it says all. <laughs> all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. You know, the, the last song we just sang, we speak to nations, right? Be open, you, you know, 
Imagine the awe that would come if the church would just walk into places in, in Wilmington saying, be open, and those places opened. Amen. Imagine the awe. The, the, the people were in awe here of what God was doing with the church. Folks couldn't ignore it. He, uh, he was answering their prayers. God was in their midst. He wasn't just some distant desire. There, there was a sense of his nearness that produced a reverence. Uh, God was doing amazing things through his apostles in the church that confirmed all that they claimed about Jesus. And, and our, our prayer should be that God does amazing things in his church today that confirms all that we say and claim about Jesus. It says, all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Here, the sharing of physical resources among the believers was another form of fellowship. What separates this behavior from from any of today's uh, society uh, uh, things like socialism and communism is, is that they were not forced into this kind of participation. They were led by the Holy Spirit and responded to the needs of brothers and sisters in tangible acts of love. They did it freely. The life of the Holy Spirit in them caused them to value others more than their own possessions. It was another sign of life for this community. It was another piece of the fellowship, this tangible love that they shared. In 1 John 3, 14, it says, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. It was a sign of life. Uh, and, And he goes on in verses 16 and 17, he says, by this we know love, not that He laid down his life for us that by this we know love, that he laid down his life. He, Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? These are are marks of this new church this newborn. It says, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved, day by day. Their their devoted fellowship wasn't confined to one location or day They lived it out in public and private day by day. Uh, um, this, this, This community of believers who used to come to the temple with sacrifices seeking God now entered the temple courts daily filled with his spirit and praising him. Uh, They're bringing his presence with them, (laughs) so to speak. We know he's all, we know he's all places, Amen. But, they, but they're coming with something. They're not waiting till they get there to try to receive it. They're, they're bringing it. Amen. Yeah. 
This is the church. <laughs> Amen. So, so, so they, they come, and, and while, while others in that day, the, these are unusual folks. Others in that, in that time, they would, they would attend shared meals and table fellowships on special days or other arranged special occasions. But this newborn body of believers, they were gathering daily at each other's homes for meals. And, and everything they did was marked with the joy of the Lord. Um, they, they weren't doing the minimum. They were doing the most. <laughs> um, people, people could find no fault as they looked and took notice of this devoted fellowship among the church. And, and the Lord continued to save more and more souls who, who joined with them in this life. People saw it and they were drawn and the Lord called and he added them. It was the committed desire of this group to be together and participate in intimate fellowship, share resources, and constantly, prayerfully be hearing and living out the word they were taught from the apostles. It was their committed desire. And now, when you read this, it almost sounds like pie in the sky. <laughs> it almost sounds too sweet to be, to be real. And I, I wish that the, the church continued like this through the rest of the book of Acts, but that's not the case. Some things arose, some, some trouble came. Uh, uh, I, I didn't say that they gave up, but, but uh, uh, they, the dynamics changed. And I'm sure as we were reading through those, some, some of the practical and pragmatic people listening to this already started thinking of reasons why that kind of lifestyle wouldn't be sustainable. You know, uh, uh, they, they, could, they could probably share some... Uh, People listening online, not you guys. But they could probably share some spiritual-sounding reasons why the church today couldn't work like that or shouldn't be compared to this picture of the early church. Uh, well, well, looking at this first church, it still raises some value, uh, um, valid questions for us, right? Um, if, we, if we have received the same Holy Spirit, Shouldn't we have the same desire for committed fellowship as this church? Amen. If it's the same spirit. Amen. 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 Uh, this church had no blueprint. It simply responded to the presence and life brought by the Holy Spirit. It was its natural born reflex to seek the Word of God, to seek togetherness, to seek partnership and connectedness. Um, so if their natural response to the Spirit was the committed fellowship that was on display here, is it possible today that the church has responded to the cultural blueprints we received instead of the Holy Spirit? If the church doesn't look like this picture, have we... Have we tapped into another blueprint that's not really God's blueprint. Uh, we, we have to uh, evaluate in what ways we are more like the culture of the day than the actual church. Um, and we hold this picture, we can do that. 
I believe the closer we are to what the Spirit calls for, the more God will move in our community, Amen. the closer we get to it. Maybe, maybe we won't reach the high mark of this early church, but we can at least start with a renewed commitment to what we already have in place, uh, uh, resetting of our, of our priorities. Uh, we can be devoted to the apostles' teaching that we have in the Bible, uh, we, can, we can commit to that. Amen? Amen. Uh, we can be committed to participating in our regularly, regular weekly gatherings, Amen. both private and, and public, that happen a few times a week. We could, we could commit to that. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, we can sacrificially care for one another in ways that cause the world to take notice. And we can certainly increase, increase our prayer lives. Amen. So we can, we can start where we are and just commit to it. Uh, uh, you know, uh, commit to the gatherings. Commit to the fellowship. Commit to the connection. God isn't calling us to a New Year's resolution, though. God is calling us to be committed. And although this is New Year, this isn't calling for a resolution. It's calling for a commitment. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. And God, uh, we pray, Lord, that your spirit uh, causes it, it to rest rightly in us. Um, you know our innermost thoughts, Lord. Uh, your word is active and sharp. It's alive and it gets down between uh, uh, the thoughts and the in intent of our hearts, Lord. Have your way in us uh, by your word and shape us, Lord, and prepare us for what you're calling us into this year. Uh, Father, um, I believe that you have amazing things ahead of us. And Lord, uh, we only need to be committed uh, to, to your calling. Uh, have your way in us, Lord, and be glorified in your church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.